Today, on Commitment to Truth. Humility and the kingdom is synonymous. People cannot see the evidence of the kingdom of God without seeing humble people walk this earth. So when we pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in my life, my family's life, my church's life, my ministry, throughout this world, simply what we're saying is, God, keep me humble. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we begin a series titled, The Evidence. We regularly hear the word blessed being loosely used within the body of Christ. We even witness throughout the world people seemingly with no awareness of the goodness of God. But what does it really mean to be blessed? Or what does it mean to live a blessed life? This sermon series will teach us how to become aware of the evidence of blessing and to safeguard the evidence in order to live a blessed life in Christ. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message. As we know, you and I can have a bad day, be in a difficult marriage, be in financial straits, and still be blessed by God. But you also know, and we know, that many times we look for God's fingerprints of blessings to be, my finances are tight and right, my marriage is good, life is good, I have no problems. But is that really the truth in totality of living a blessed life? So my hope is in this series is that we can uncover what is truly the evidence of a blessed life. From Jesus's perspective, what is really the evidence of a blessed life? And are we as his followers and his sons and daughters, his, his tutelage, right? Those that are studying to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen and women and need to not be in shame, rightly dividing the word of truth. His modern day disciples, are we ourselves the evidence of a blessed life because we do follow this Christ. If you can, open with me to Matthew chapter 5. And in this sermon series, we just want to encourage the body of Christ to become aware of and, listen, safeguard the evidence of living blessed lives in Christ. So we want you to be aware. In other words, how, how, does, how does this blessed life look? But then, you know, we have responsibility to safeguard it. Safeguard what does this really, this, this blessed life really looks like. So again, Matthew chapter 5, beginning with verse 1, it says, When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, he described his disciples, excuse me, he sat down, his disciples came into him, he opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. 
Blessed are the poor in heart, pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So if we just capture those 10 verses and go home, it clearly debunks really what we have defined as being blessed. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, it is totally, totally contrary to what we can define as being blessed and how we greet each other and respond to each other and what we expect from God. But what does God expect from us to be the evidence of his goodness, to be the evidence of men and women who are truly blessed because we are walking with Jesus? Here's the first. The first, and I'm just going to give you two today. The first is found in verses one through three. The evidence is, is first found in our humility. It's found in humility. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's peel that back a little bit deeper. The word poor here means this, reduced to beggary, destitute of wealth, influence, position, and honor, to be lowly, afflicted, destitute of the Christian virtues and eternal riches, to be helpless, powerless, to accomplish an end, to be helpless, powerless, to accomplish an end. Thus, we're poor and needy. I can't do anything without him. And I think the biggest struggle with remaining here on this earth and encased in this flesh and waiting one day to be absent from the body and present with the Lord is this, is that most of the time I think I can do it all by myself. We may not verbalize it all the time, but our actions show sure proof that we think we got it and God, I need your help whenever it gets hairy. Let's go deeper here. You see, therefore, this humility is this embracing of this poverty of soul. In other words, the inwards part of me, that immaterial part of me, my my seat of emotions and passions and intellect, that, that part of me that drives me or that part of me that you don't see when I die. You follow me? In other words, that body is but a shell. You don't see their personality. You don't see their zealousness, their excitement. You don't see what drives them or, or causes them to pursue goals in life. It's just but a shell. At the end of the day, we must grow to have this poverty of soul that, God, I can't think without you. I can't live without you. I can't breathe without you. There's nothing I can do absent of you. 
You see, humility is not found in personal measurements, which is very easy in today's environment, right? Well, my body's better than yours. My height is better than yours. My hair is better than yours. My features are better than yours, right? I'm better than you on the basketball court. I'm better than you in the classroom. I'm better than you. You follow me? You know, my wife is better than you. My kids are better than you. My husband's better than you. My job is better than you. I mean, my car is. Everything is such, is such this competition or measurement of, of what really defines me as a person. But being blessed starts off from the very beginning in Jesus' message is that, no, humility has nothing to do with you. But our tendency is, God, bless me so I can have all this stuff to be measured by. Give me a bigger house so all my friends can come over and I'll be the house that everyone plays at and have fun at. All the family can gather at my house. And all the nieces and nephews and cousins and moms and dads, right, applaud you because of what you're measured by. We have so many measurements in life, right? Before you get that job, you need a master's degree. <laughs> you can't just have experience or you need a master's degree with experience. Thank you for joining us for today's message from Commitment to Truth. We'll continue with the second part of the message right after this. Act like a man. Woman, can you help me? 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14 says, Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. These explosive words could and should ignite a sense of responsibility within the heart of every man across the planet, or at least in the heart of you, the reader. You can purchase this book and others by Cedric Brown at cedricbrown.com. Thank you again for joining us for today's message from Commitment to Truth. We now return for the second half of our message. Measurements, 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 measurements. But Paul, second... Corinthians chapter 10. Listen to how he begins to debunk that. Listen to what he says in, in part. And I'll just read parts of these verses, but go back and read all of the 18 verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. He says in verse 1, Now I, Paul, myself, urge you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Interesting. I who am meek when face to face with you, but what? but bold towards you when absent. I ask that when I am present, I need not to be bold with confidence with which I promise to be courageous against some who regard us as if we walked according uh, to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Now remember, many times we, we use these verses out of context and it's about spiritual battles, but this is character he's talking about. Let's read further. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction for the fortresses. We're destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That's the character of a Christian. 
It says, and we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. You are looking, listen to what it says, you're looking at things as they were outwardly. If anyone is confident in himself that he is Christ, be confident that you're what? Christ. Let him consider this again within himself that just as he is Christ, so also are we. Now skip down to verse 12. It says, for we are not bold to class or compare ourselves with some of those who commend themselves, but when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they're without understanding. You hear that? It says, but we will not boast beyond our measure, but within the measure of the sphere in which God appointed to us as a measure to reach even as far as you. In other words, the gospel is the measurement. The gospel is the measurement. Not you and me and us and they and them. The gospel is always and must always be what? The measurement. So let's skip down again, down to uh, verse 15. It says, now boasting beyond our measure, that is in other men's labors, but not with the hope with at your faith grows. You hear that? What, God, what, what a man can do versus your faith doing what? Growing. It says, we will be within our sphere of enlarge, enlarged even more by you, so as to preach the gospel even to the regions beyond you and not to boast in what has been accomplished in the sphere of another. But he who boasts is to boast in whom? The Lord. You see, the, the, the beautiful thing about humility, it doesn't mean that you can't or you're incapable, but humility understands that he can all the time in all things, and you rely distinctly and keenly upon him and him alone, that you cannot do anything apart from whom? Christ. You can't think you can't walk, you can't talk, you can't conduct business, you can't do anything apart from him. That's humility. So what is there to boast in? You're not walking, talking, thinking, conducting business, studying, you're not doing anything on your own, being a mom or dad, husband or wife, who takes the credit? Humility. Also understand that, listen, it boasts in its weakness. And that's why Paul continues in chapter 11 in the same, same book. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, right? Let's look at verses 16 through 33 in part. Uh, verse, uh, let's see, verse number 21 says this. Uh, to my shame, I must say that we have been weak by comparison. But in whatever respect anyone else is bold, I speak in foolishness, I am just as bold myself. Listen to what he does. He gives us credentials. Are they Hebrews? Well, guess what? I'm an Hebrew. Are they Israelites? So guess what? I'm also uh, an Israelite. I'm a descendant of Abraham. Well, and he goes on and on and on. And Paul did this periodically because you look at chapter 12, we'll get there later. There is this necessity to communicate your credentials sometimes. In other words, part of your testimony talks about who you were, but now who you are where? In Christ. Makes sense. 
So there's always that tension. Well, do I, do I turn people towards me to say, wow, look at me, look what I did, or look at me, but look at him through me? Makes sense. And that's the tension all the time. So let's keep reading. So it says in verse number uh, 27, let's skip down again for the sake of time. And please go back and read these chapters in, in their completion. Verse 27 says this, I've been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. Does that sound like, like being blessed according to our terms? How can I compare being blessed with not having food and clothing and shelter? Verse 29, who is weak without my being weak? Who is led into sin without my intense concern? If I have to boast, I will boast of what pertains to my weakness. Then Paul climaxes in chapter 12. And, and many of you know this about the thorn in the flesh. Remember, he was caught up in the third heavens. And remember, third heavens is not where birds and fowl dwell. It's not where astronauts choose to go, but it's where God is. And this is what Paul says. Look at verse uh, 1 in chapter 12. It says, boasting is necessary. Remember, I shared that with you. There are times you got to communicate your credentials, but you don't rely on your credentials. And you also know where the credentials come from. Make sense? So he says, boasting is necessary, though it is not profitable. But I would go on to the vision and the revelation of the Lord. I know a man, and he's speaking about himself. In Christ, it says, who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I, don't, I do not know, or, of, or out of the body, I do not know. The Lord knows such a man was caught up into the third heavens. Now, let's pause here for a minute. I don't know about you. If I was where... God is premature, prematurely or prior to me, absent from the body, present with the Lord, like once and for all kind of deal. Uh, there'll be book deals, there'll be movies, right? They'll be like, hey, guess what? Let me video record you, capture your, your imagery of what heaven looks like. And people who've already testified of dying and going to be to heaven, they've already done such. So you would think, ironically, that, okay, well, you've been where God is, you're probably going to be full of yourself. Or you could say it this way. You're the CEO of the company and everything has to run by you. You don't think you'll be full of yourself? You don't think that if you're the, the owner, operator, founder of your company that you won't find yourself full of yourself? Guys, you don't think when our wives finally get it and they submit unto us as unto the Lord and our children respect us, you don't think we have a chance to become full of ourselves? You really don't think when some way, somehow, you grew up in poverty and now you're successful and you got more money in the bank than you could ever dream of that you won't become 
full of yourself. So, so let's not get it twisted today and say, well, I'm never going to be in third heaven like Paul did, but that's your third heaven. That's our third heaven. You follow me? When ministry starts excelling and, and God starts opening doors and, and, and he's multiplying your business and, and, and you're starting to, now you're getting your doctorate degree and, and life is just humming on all cylinders. You don't think for any second we won't get full of ourselves. Hello, my name is Sarah Vega and I am the administrative and executive director here at Commitment Church. I hope you've enjoyed today's message by Pastor Cedric Brown. If you didn't know, Pastor Cedric also sends out encouraging videos weekly. We call these the Weekly Wire. We can send these encouraging videos directly to you by subscribing at www.loveallnations.org. Here's an example of the encouragement you'll receive. We're in a season of life that it seems that anxiety is running rapid in the hearts of men, women, and even the hearts of our children. But there's a wonderful promise that's found in the scriptures today. It says this, anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but a good word makes it glad. You see, today you may be needing a good word to make you glad, but you see the best word, if you would, or words, if you would, that's more fitting in this day and hour than ever before. It is this, God loves you. In other words, God loved you so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you and even for me. Or you could say it this way, if you were the only one, if I was the only one on the face of this planet, God would have sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you and for me so we can have eternal life with him. So I don't know about you, but that's a wonderful word. That's a good word that makes my heart glad. So today, if you're feeling overwhelmed, anxiety is taking control of your life, maybe you're losing sleep, know for sure God loves you. And he proved it by sending his son Jesus for you and also for me. We hope you enjoyed this sample of our weekly wire. Again, to subscribe to your weekly inspiration, refreshment, and encouragement, please visit www.loveallnations.org. Thank you again for listening to our series, The Evidence, from Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Through this series, we hope you are encouraged and aware of how to live a blessed life in Christ. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening and have a blessed and wonderful day.